Welcome back to another delectable episode of Legally Judgy. I'm Alexa. And I'm Nicole. You sound so excited. I'm singing. Oh, is that... I'm Nicole. Was <laughs> that the... Alto. Is that, the, <laughs> is that an alto? I think so. Okay. I was an honors choir, but anyway, go on. Honors choir? I was. There's an honors for choirs? Yeah. What does that mean? Do you get an A plus in like beginner's choir and then you move on to honors choir? It just meant that my voice was fucking beautiful. And so I don't think my that. senior year, excuse that makes you, no sense. excuse you, my senior year, I did a Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. You did Whitney Houston and you got honors. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to what was that song from um, Prince of Egypt? There will be miracles. Is that the way you sang it? I, no, I'm it's, not it's really getting honors it's vibes right now. Okay, you're rude. I'm going to find the video. Do you want to give us a little hint? Nope. This is not even scripted. This was not planned at all. <laughs> this is not. You You're really... really throwing me off my path of what I wanted to talk about today. Maybe this is both of our intros. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ask me how I am. <laughs> all right. How's your week, Nicole? It's been good. I decided that I should be an actor at some point, portion of my life. I can't, literally can't talk portion. At <laughs> some portion of my life, I'm going to be an actor. A portion of your life? Yep. You're like from New York right now? <laughs> from Boston. 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 <laughs> so portion of Boston was mm-hmm. what? You decided where just, you want to be an actor? Yeah, I just want to be an actor. So this week, so I'm trying to get in summer shape. I feel like I've gotten, I just haven't been moving as much as I should, right? Because, you know, we used to walk yeah. all the time between buildings and out to dinner and all these things whatever so now I'm not moving so I went to Orange Theory this week and one of the days it was like you're supposed to be doing all-out sprints uh-huh. for like a minute at a time oh, that's terrible. and at some point I was so tired that I just stopped and pretended like I hurt my ankle and I like squat down just <laughs> like rubbing the sides of my leg and being so mm-hmm. dramatic I was completely fine I was just winded for how long were you rubbing this ankle until the end of the sprint. I was like, fucking, I'm down here now, so let's ride out. <laughs> were you, like, looking around to see if people were buying this active matter. I, I knew that I was doing so good at, at this role that I was like, mm I'm just curious. Like, at what point does someone rubbing their ankle, because it's not a lot, a large portion of a body, right, <laughs> that you're rubbing this tiny ankle for, what, 50 seconds, a yeah. minute? hmm Something like that. And was there more workout to be had after this? Well, yeah, at some point I had to stop rubbing my ankle and run again. And but all magically it just that fixed for, itself. That 45 second break was more than That enough. magical finger massage on the ankles. <laughs> yeah. This is the portion that you needed. I really sold okay. it. Okay. How are you? <laughs> my ankle's fine. Is um, it? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, my foot is not, but my ankle's fine. Uh, good. I was watching a new show. I killed the show on Netflix, so clearly I've been very productive this week. Okay. It's either called Mortgage or Marriage, or it's oh, marriage, yeah, yeah. Or mortgage. marriage or Mortgage. I don't know which goes first. Marriage or Mortgage. Did you Did you watch it? I mean, I've watched all the things. You So you have seen it? I've, I watched like two episodes, yep. Oh, so clearly you were impressed. It, it was just too basic for me. Too basic? It just seems... People trying to seems, start their lives together is no, too basic no, for you, huh? No, no, It just seems so obvious to me. To do what? That if you have the money to buy a home, that you wouldn't just buy said home. Okay. See, I wasn't sure if you were going to go with marriage. Well, I didn't have a wedding, so. Well, this is what I was talking about earlier, by the way. Um, (laughs) uh, Remember when I said this might trigger you? Uh, uh, I I think I'm right. I think we're feeling a little triggered right here. Yeah, yeah. You're the one that brought it up, right? You were like, just ask. (laughs) And right now you're like, I didn't have a fucking wedding. (laughs) Well, what do you mean do it? I was in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Oh, Okay. We're going to segue back to my day, my week, since we've talked about your uh, fucking honors choir, (laughs) where apparently you sound like Whitney Houston, okay? Uh, 
and your ankle that you had to rub for what five minutes with Bengay and uh, clearly like fix that because oh you're God. Jesus and a miracle worker. Please move on. <laughs> so this, so this show, I wanted to say, I don't want to judge people who want to have their special day. This is literally legally judgy. Because, well, I'm looking at you, kid. I had a wedding. You didn't. So I'm like, maybe I need to be understanding of people who have had Sorry, Mama of weddings. Alexa, but she got that one. My mom's on her way over. She just texted me. She's somehow is watching this live stream. She thinks we blog, but she's watching this live. Um, no, but I was like, well, I don't want to be too judgmental. We had a wedding. So maybe I'm taking for granted the fact that I had a wedding and would choose a house in these situations. Mm-hmm. Except where the judgy happened, to your point, we're legally judgy. When they had kids and there's like 15 people in a one bedroom, I'm like, probably makes sense for you to get the house, mm-hmm, right? You mm-hmm. probably need more space. I think it makes it worse too because you see the kids running around in the backyard and like, mommy, I love all this space. And they're like on the swing set. They're like, <laughs> I can't imagine not having fresh air again. And the parents are like, no, fucking wedding. The wedding. F- fuck you, kids. Fuck the swing set. Fuck your fresh air. And we're going to go to the wedding. They can't even drink at the wedding. The kids? Yeah. Is that so like they don't even benefit from said wedding? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no. I just feel like what do they get out of it? Sorry. I just I was talking about a swing set and then you went to drinks. So I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're like <laughs> offering these kids drinks on a swing. Anyway. So, so what are we talking about this episode? Well, we we've had a lot of fun in this intro, huh? So far, so good. Um the person that we're gonna talk about today is very esteemed. He has had multiple weddings, but also multiple mortgages, so it would yeah. probably be a tough choice and for him. And probably a few less mortgages to come. Yeah, yeah. It feels like so things are winding down for him right now. Talking about none other than yeah. Robert Anthony De Niro Jr. A.K.A. Bobby D. As we like to affectionately call him. Yep. I feel like we have that relationship with him. So tell me about Bobby D. Our boy Bobby D. For anybody who doesn't know who Robert De Niro is... We'll give you a very brief rundown of who he is. Well-known actor, producer, director. He's won a bunch of awards. We're not even going to list it. But Oscars, Golden Globes, he won a Cecile DeMille, a very prestigious award. SAG, just assume all if there's an award, he's won it. Um, and he's even gotten the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama in 2016. I love that guy. Mr. Obama? Yeah, I miss him so much. I know. Come back. So... This guy has been known, I feel like, for being like this tough mob guy, Mm -hmm. right, in all these famous movies he's Mm -hmm. done. But I have to say my favorite, if I had to pick, Meet the Parents. I felt like it was really fun for him. That was a great movie. He was hilarious. Yeah. I I feel like if I were to have kids and those kids would introduce me to a person Mm -hmm. that they may or may not want to marry, Mm -hmm. I would be like him and Meet the Parents. I'd be old... I'd be sus. For sure, you have to like set up cameras around the house, everything. Yeah, like I don't work in the CIA, but I'm going to definitely pretend like I do. Definitely calling in a private investigator. I think we should. You should probably just give me your social security and your DNA test. We can be each other's PIs. Got it done. Let's be real. We'll be like bad boys. We'll be bad boys. Yeah, we can blow shit up. But bad ladies. Bad ladies? Ladies. I don't know if we're ladies. You called me a bitch earlier. Bad bitches. That's not very ladylike. Okay, wow. Okay, so more background. So Bobby D was born and raised in New York City. Your one of your hometowns. My hometown. I, I know you're from Michigan, but I I still actually think that you're from New York too. I was there for twelve years. Yeah, so kind of your hometown. So apparently he was interested in the arts from a young age, which isn't surprising because his parents were artists and painters. So highly encouraged. His parents actually ended up divorcing when he was really young, two years old, and it was because his dad ended up coming out mm-hmm. and 
good good for them they worked it out it's yeah. fine but some salacious detail is that while the parents were in the middle of getting a, vo- a divorce um bobby actually stood with his grandparents you need to know his mom was an atheist mm-hmm. and his dad was essentially an ex-catholic mm-hmm. we don't know why but i'm if i had to guess it'd be because he came out in the catholic church doesn't really think too highly of the gays Not super supportive um yeah so when his grand his grandparents essentially got him baptized in the catholic church without his parents knowing it's so fucked i don't know if you can like you know control undo that kind of thing but i, I maybe not i don't know if you can control z is what i, I think was you have say. to wash the holy water off as soon as it touches you is that what it is that's the rule just made that up that mm-hmm. sounds right though yeah um another fun fact about our boy bobby d is that apparently in the little italy neighborhood that he grew up in his nickname was bobby milk because he was so pale that's so sad poor guy that's he's still pretty name. pale too yeah he is pale he's still bobby milk he is well so to your point he was you know really in the arts because of his parents so he begins acting around age 10 and so he's in some school plays um and i think his first role was as uh the cowardly lion in the wizard of oz okay um, it's a little different than his uh, claim to fame. Than his normal like mobster roles where he's killing people. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you have yeah. to learn to, you know, be flexible. The breath and of And do emotion. all the roles. Yeah. You I mean, know? you were talking about you being an actor, so maybe this would be good practice for you. Listen, I understand his plight as an actor. You have yeah. to do the sensitive oh, things. <laughs> That's you. You're like, I do this often. I go from cowardly lion yeah, to the killing roles. I get it. Mm-hmm. Well, so he ends up dropping out of high school around age 16 to pursue acting full time. And so he kind of starts, you know, really getting into like this lifestyle of acting that's fully what he's pursuing Mm -hmm. and so a lot of his big roles end up coming in like the 60s and the 70s and so some some of them of note are mean street or the movies of note would be mean streets Mm -hmm. godfather 2 taxi driver the deer hunter and raging bull i which ones have you seen only seen godfather 2 i know that's really bad because like out of all this list or like you didn't see godfather 1 Oh, no, I've seen all the Godfathers, but of this list, I've only seen Godfather 2, but I have read about the other ones because I love to know things. Okay. So I like read the plots of things. I don't actually watch them. Does that count? We need to do a movie session for you at some point in the near future. Have you seen all these? I've seen most of them. I think the only one I hadn't seen was Deer Hunter. Oh, that was the one I was most interested in plot wise. Oh, okay. All right, we'll do a movie sesh. Okay, cool. Well, so he's been in around 122 films to date, which is crazy when you think about how long it takes to shoot films. Right. 122 Um, years. Yes. One per year. Um, And so he's called one of the best actors of his generation. And basically some of his films are known as classics in American film, which is why we need to the movie sesh. Um, Mm -hmm. So listen, Bobby D is not a small time. He's definitely not a small time guy. He's not a small time guy. (laughs) um and then some like other things i mean so he started tribeca productions which helps organize the tribeca film festival which is obviously a massive kind of indie film festival i didn't know that by the way yeah that was cool to learn yeah he started in 2002 yeah no idea and so he also co-owns some of the nobu restaurants which i love i was like i thought of you fan fave for me he's um one of the owners of the greenwich hotel in tribeca which is super pretty and then he's also involved in politics um a little bit and so i think some politic moment pot- political moments of note for him politicking moments sure politicky yeah, um he lobbied congress against impeaching clinton back in the day for you know the whole monica Lewinsky situation like, give the guy a break he was like we've it, all it been happens. there we've all been there come on <laughs> and then he's he was also super outspoken about trump and called him blatantly stupid Makes and sense. said fuck trump um at the tony awards in 2018 and he compared them basically to a gangster family without morals and ethics and a couple different <laughs> speeches and like interviews that he did so makes sense you know he's really 
He's a diverse man. He doesn't mind talking it. And one of our dreams, right? He owns his own production company. Yes, he does. Canal Productions. Yep. Which we need our listeners to remember. Mm-hmm. We're going to circle back onto this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read that he's had quite the love life. Yeah. Like quite the love life. So kind of known as being a womanizer. Not too surprising, I think. Somebody in Hollywood, good looking guy and this famous. And he's had a few serious relationships over his time. Well, so allegedly, Bobby D likes the black ladies. <laughs> um, there was an alleged affair with Whitney, which is, Ooh. you know, full circle. Is so that why you mentioned you singing like it's Whitney? It's not, but now I feel like, okay. you know, this is really all meant to be. <laughs> um, and so his latest, his latest kind of affair, well, I guess it's turned into a marriage, so it's not an affair. It's like a 20-year marriage. I'll put some respect on it. Yeah, come on. So he gets married to this woman, Grace Hightower, in 1997. Okay. And so she's a former hostess who, of course, wanted to be an actress. Makes sense. Um, and worked at Mr. Chow in London, where basically all the celebrities went. And so she had done other jobs, like working at a local dime store, and she was a flight attendant and tried her hand at trade mu- trading mutual funds to support her family. But doing it all, man. None of it really worked out, and she ended up at Mr. Chow. Are we thinking that she's like just trying to get rich? Is she on the same wavelength as us? That's what I'm getting. The kind of vibes here. She's really hustling. Listen, so I'm, I'm here for you, girl. Not gonna, yeah, all women's empowerment. Whatever. So. I guess she was, what, around 32 years old at the time when she meets Bobby D, who walks into the restaurant she's working at, Mr. Chow, like you said, and she claims she didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe that because it's Robert De Niro. In the 90s, I feel like everybody knew who Robert De Niro right? was. I feel like she's trying to play it cool. Like, really, you didn't know yeah. who he was, but okay. And she says that she was actually annoyed with him because he was asking a million questions of, you know, of her. And I'm, I'm sure as a waitress, that could get annoying, but mm-hmm. again... You had to know it was Robert De Niro. So apparently he's asking things from like uh, stuff about the table. Yeah. Which it sounds like a really bad pickup line to me um, to things about the menus. But now that you know that he owns Nobu, it oh, makes sense because like, clearly he's like an entrepreneur. I need this so table. he's thinking like, oh, here's my new decor. Gotta compare. Sure. Um, and someone else actually is the one that told her who he was. Uh, she's, again, she was like still annoyed with him. So it just sounds like it's not love at first sight. And I think they did some interviews after that. And they mm-hmm. said, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely a road to being in love. Yeah. So maybe more respect to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's worth noting that at the time he was actually still married to his previous wife, mm-hmm. but they were separated. So maybe, so salacious. maybe, yeah, a little less salacious. I'm sorry to disappoint everyone. And by everyone, I mean Nicole and I, um, <clears throat> and then I don't know if it's because of her proximity to him, but I'm going to say it was. She actually gets to act a bit, your dream, um, while she's with him. She even got to sing a song on a soundtrack for Precious. I think this is the universe telling me that I need to get back to singing. Oh, this is about you right now. Grace Hightower? Go ahead. Maybe. Hey, girl, I support you. Do you? So they're together for a couple years, and they have their first child. um, And their firstborn is, uh, he's a boy, and so he ends up having, being diagnosed with autism. And so we're only noting this because, I guess, it was interesting to us, at least, that so De Niro originally wanted to include an anti-vaccination film at the Tribeca Film Fest one year, Mm. um, because him and his wife kind of said that they saw changes in their son and his behavior like the immediately the day after he had gotten a vaccine Mm -hmm. and so i think there were some rumblings that de niro was actually an Mm anti-vaxxer um but then he ends up kind of pulling it because he had gotten some negative reception about it and some scientists spoke with him and said that there just wasn't enough research so you know he pulls the film so he ends up pulling the film from the festival that's a move so you know definitely interesting but so they end up breaking up in 1999 okay 
Um, and so during their first separation, around 2001, he ends up fighting for custody of the son. And so he alleges that Grace has this super violent temper that ends up in him fracturing his ribs on the yacht oh, after she accuses him of cheating. <laughs> Listen, I'm not I mean, here. I'm not here for domestic violence. Nope. I'm not here for cheating. Nope. I but also, was slightly entertained by the fact that he was like, yeah, I was on my personal yacht and one of my ribs got hurt. <laughs> Okay, great. One of my ribs got hurt. I can't cry for you, my friend. I don't have a yacht. Basically, the point is it's a little messy. It's a little messy. And so he also says that she has an alcohol and drug problem. And he basically gets some former staff, I think two maids and a driver, to say that she's a bully. Um, But then some other people who were basically on the staff, I guess, who took her side, said that she was just a strong... She's a strong personality and she's a black woman. And so some of those, you know, that can often get confused Mm -hmm. and people read that as being aggressive. So no way. So they end up getting divorced, right? There's like no way they'd get back together after all this. Back together. Fighting on a yacht? Yeah. How do you come back from that? Well, somehow they got back together in the interim. (laughs) And so three years later in 2004, they renew their vows with two judges. Oh, okay. Just to make sure this one sticks, which which they also joked about in a couple interviews. And then they have a second kid who's a daughter. Um, and so they end up being, you know, they're married for around 20 years by the time all of the drama that's come in happens, picks up <laughs> that, that because happens it, because it always happens. Right. I mean, they tried 20 yeah. years, actually. I, that's, that's, that's impressive, especially for Hollywood. Yeah. That's like dog years. It's mm-hmm. like a thousand years and real people years. Mm-hmm. So, so Bobby ends up filing for divorce from Grace in 2018. Mm-hmm. So just three years ago. So like you said, 20 years, they did pretty good. And again, they're feuding over the custody of their nine-year-old daughter now. The son is, you know, I think he's like 23 now, so they don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about him. And then, this is where things get interesting, they start to fight over the terms of the prenup. I love a prenup. But before we get into a prenup, you know, we got to break it down, Mm -hmm. tell our peeps what a prenup is. Um, So prenup, a.k.a. a prenuptial agreement, is a contract that's entered into by a couple before they get married. And it specifies a bunch of different types of legal rights and basically what happens if they get a divorce um, or if someone dies. Mm -hmm. So it counts for a bunch of stuff. Um, It typically lists property that each person owns and their debts and specifies what each person gets after the marriage. Mm -hmm. And to do this, each person has to fully disclose all of their assets, right? Because they got to figure out what's what. Yep. And so each state, I mean, obviously has their own laws about everything, but they also have their own laws about enforcement and validity of prenup. So usually the prenup has to be entered into with ample time before the marriage. Okay. So you can't, so signing like one day before, even a week before you get married can actually invalidate it. Okay. Um, because courts want to make sure fairly that you've had, you know, appropriate amounts of time to review it and consider it and have a lawyer who's your lawyer right. reviewing that so that they make sure that, you know, you're... You're entering into this with like full knowledge and awareness of what you're basically agreeing to since it impacts your future and your your like rights post-marriage. And so, you know, in that similar vein, the agreement has to be fair, which is based on, you know, the circumstances of the couple. Um, And it definitely helps if both parties have their own attorney, but it's not always necessary. And in some states, people can even draft their own prenup. So, you know, it's definitely kind of subject to where people live. Right. And an important part, which we're going to kind of touch on on this episode, is that oftentimes it's going to include or address alimony. Alimony Mm -hmm. are those financial support payments you're going to get from one spouse to another. Usually, obviously, as you probably most people can guess, the spouse that earns more Mm -hmm. is going to have to pay the spouse who earns less. Yep. And we want to note, too, that courts are going to oftentimes grant what's called temporary alimony, 
which requires, like we said, the higher earning spouse to pay the lower earning spouse during divorce proceedings until the divorce is finalized and there's permanent alimony in place, right? Mm -hmm. This is important because divorce proceedings can go on for a long time. So while that's happening, you need to make sure that person is taken care of, right? The person that makes less is taken care of. And so unless the parties agree on an amount of alimony, which, hey, maybe there are some couples who can work it out. A lot of times the judge has to step in and determine how much each person gets. Mm -hmm. And they're going to consider a bunch of different factors, including the length of a marriage. That's a big one, especially in California, kind of how you touched on. 10 years seems to be like a, a, an average of like, okay, if you've been married for 10 years, mm -hmm. more than 10 years, I should say, then we're going to make sure that you're put into a position, person that makes less, that kind of maintains the status quo, mm -hmm. where you were before the divorce occurred. And uh, also one last thing on this is prenups cannot provide for or like limit child support, right? The rights of children right. and how much they get. That right. you can't. Yeah. Children are the children. That happens through family court. Mm -hmm. Well, so apparently Bobby D and Grace's prenup wasn't written too well, um, depending on who you ask. <laughs> she was supposed right. to basically get, well, from my understanding, we obviously don't have any access to this document. But, but if someone wants to send it to us. <laughs> should we leave our email? Legallyjudgy <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, well, so she, Grace was supposed to get $500,000 cash plus half the value of their marital home, an apartment that they was then, I think, valued around $6 million at the time that they signed it, um, and an annual income of $1 million a year, so long as he's making at least $15 million a year. Not bad. And so there are mixed reports, but allegedly there's something in the agreement that may imply that anything he made after the prenup was signed would be split 50-50. And again, we don't know that, but that's definitely... That's a really big thing I would to that. agree to something, especially <laughs> given who Robert De Niro is. I was actually very surprised when I read that, yeah. I have to say. That's not common. And so, you know, now, of course, they're trying to, you know, kind of comb through the prenup and figure out what she's going to get as these divorce proceedings are happening. And so Grace is basically saying that he's hiding the extent of his wealth. And so she's now fighting for half of his fortune altogether. And so he's valued at about $500 million by her team, mm -hmm. which I also, I Googled his net worth, and that seems... Consistent? Consistent. I don't know. I was going to say the low end, I saw $300 million, which I will also take half of that. Casual, low end. That is totally <laughs> fine with me. <laughs> Super low, destitute. Yeah. And so on top of fighting for, you know, his the value of him, so she's basically including 50% of his earnings from his 35 business ventures... 35, mind Future you, earnings. Yeah. which includes like restaurants, hotels, his production companies, his real estate, etc. Mm -hmm. And then the 38 films that he's made since 2004. Would you take it? Um, have I DM'd Bill Gates? <laughs> oh, yeah? You're going to slide into no, those DMs? I love my husband You're married. I know. Maybe, maybe your husband and my wife might be okay with this, though. We should definitely talk to them after this episode. Listen, people have arrangements. All of the four of us can people be very happy done, with Bill Gates. People have done more for less. We'll do... I think Bill I Gates think is a be, billionaire. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. We'll take care of you guys. <laughs> so while all this is going on, yeah. and our boy Bobby is trying to sort this out with Grace, he's also got a couple other issues going on. Just the women in his life, I can't man. imagine the stress that he's got going right now. <laughs> he's gotten more gray hairs, I'll say this. So as we mentioned, he also runs a production company called Canal Productions. So back in 2008, De Niro ends up hiring a woman named Graham Chase Robinson as his assistant. Mm -hmm. And throughout the years, 2008, right, that's some time ago, she's been promoted. In 2017, good for her, she became the vice president of production and finance of this company canal productions in 2019 she was purportedly making three hundred thousand dollars not bad what a, what a jump 
Not bad. What a fucking jump. Yeah. From it's assistant a- to VP of production and finance making 300 a year. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good look. That's what, 10 years that it what? took for her to go from. Why did uh, we go to law school? I, I don't know. Somebody can buy my degree from me, honestly. <laughs> We'll take half of that 300 mil. So as vice president, she was overseeing office operations. So that means like policies, she's supervising employees, and importantly, she's supposed to be monitoring and ensuring no misuse or waste of company funds. Mm. She must not have read her job description based on what's <laughs> about to come. You know what it is? I think she saw, I think she got rid of the no. She's like, misuse and waste company funds. Mm-hmm. Got it. I'll mm-hmm. do that. Done. Maybe, maybe the Maybe the printer didn't print right is maybe my theory. So Graham claims that she wasn't happy throughout the years, mm-hmm. right? She's got all these allegations, which we're going to get into, but she's not happy, right? And she said that she's been trying to quit. Most recently, she tried to quit, apparently, in November 2018. But De Niro convinced her to stay. He said, don't worry, we're going to make the, be- you know, the work conditions better. This is all according to Graham. She later claims that he even threatened to give her a bad recommendation if she left. Right. De Niro, though, comes back and says, actually, starting in early 2019, he and the rest of the Canal team uh, started to get a little suspicious about Graham. They started questioning her honesty, her integrity, her work ethic, and her motivation. And he claims that they actually tried talking about it with her. Well, I guess it didn't work out um, because in April 2019, again, while Bobby is in the middle of his divorce drama from our girl Grace, mm-hmm. um, Graham resigns via email and also sends like a resignation letter or whatever. And so she cites a hostile work environment and alleges that she even had her lawyer contact De Niro's lawyer to tell them that she was thinking about bringing a lawsuit for gender discrimination and for wage violations. Okay. But Bobby D's camp is quick to point out that her resignation email actually acknowledged Acknowledged, okay. but brushed off these claims as ridiculous. All right. And so I think the thought is, right, if you're sending in a resignation letter, but you think these things aren't true, like, why would you bring them up and be like, these claims are so ridiculous? I just can't. Like, you accused me of stuff. Like, what does your resignation letter say? Like, if it really is workplace, you know, harassment or all the things we're about to talk about. Dear Bobby D, I hate your stinking guts. <laughs> you I think make that's what me sick. What well, it? yeah. That was a great movie. It would. Little Rascals. Yep. Well, so anyways, um, De Niro, listen, so he basically has concerns and she says that all the concerns are ridiculous about her like withholding information and engaging in corporate sabotage, stealing property and not being like diligent and professional. Okay. And so I just want to note for all of our viewers, it is not um, an ironclad defense to send a resignation letter acknowledging a bunch of claims against you and calling them ridiculous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's probably better though than Ja Rule's tweet saying that it wasn't (laughs) a scam and he didn't do it. (laughs) If you didn't listen to the Fire Festival episode, go do it. Go do it. But after you listen to this episode, right? So, um, I don't. The, my one of my favorite parts. Naturally, June two thousand nineteen. She asks for a recommendation letter from Robert De Niro. <laughs> he doesn't sign it. Imagine the gall. But what? Like you just resigned. You're resigning and acknowledging that they have all these claims and suspicions against you. But then you're like, mm, I need that recommendation letter. Yeah, you said you're not happy. <sighs> okay, whatever. Okay, so August two thousand nineteen. Bobby's company, Canal Productions, ends up filing a lawsuit against Graham for $6 million. $6 million. Light amount. A bunch of claims. Mm-hmm. We're going to pick a few. We're going to go through the highlight reel. Yep. Breach of fiduciary duty. Mm-hmm. What's a fiduciary duty? It's an obligation to act in the best interest of another party, person, or like a company, right? Usually it's a client or a director of a company. 
And the breach occurs when a person with the fiduciary duty doesn't act in the best interest of that other person or company, and that causes damage. Yep. Um, breach, then another claim that they brought, breach of duty of loyalty. This is a type of fiduciary duty that requires, you know, an officer or a director of a company to act for the benefit of that company. Think like employee-employer relationship, right? When you're, when the person is engaging in conduct related to their employment, Mm -hmm. aka don't act with a conflict of interest. Right. Don't screw over your employer. Don't screw over your company. Feels easy. Well, not so much here. So here, Bobby D is basically alleging that Graham breached her fiduciary duty and the duty of loyalty to Canal Productions in her capacity as a VP. And so there was just a few things that happened that we'll touch upon. So he says that she transferred millions of company frequent flyer miles, equaling approximately 125000 to herself. Okay. God knows where she was going. I hope she got a few trips to Paris in. Yeah, definitely don't do that, guys. He said that she binged watch hours of TV on Netflix while she was working, including 55 episodes of Friends, mm-hmm. 20 episodes of Arrested Development, and 10 episodes of Schitt's Creek. I'm offended that there wasn't more Schitt's Creek on this list. Yeah, seriously. 55 episodes of Friends. Come on. Like, that tells me the kind of person that you are. Yeah. We would never be friends. Stuck in the 90s. What <clears throat> the hell? Yeah. Well, so apparently, and this is this is a fair thing to know, it was not related to her role, and it was all kind of for personal entertainment, which I think... Okay. Listen, she's entertainment. There's definitely a scenario in which you're watching like what competing content and trying to figure out trends yeah. and things sure. like that. But friends, friends is not friends in Shit's Creek, weren't it? Yeah. Um, and the last one is that she basically like rarely came into the office. And this was pre-pandemic, <laughs> so she didn't have an excuse at that point in time. I would love to be paid three hundred thousand dollars to watch Shit's Creek to watch way. Netflix all day. Sign so me up. If there's a job opening for that, please email us yep. again. Mm-hmm. Um, another charge he brought against her: fraud and embezzlement. We've talked about this a lot now. Um, f- fraud, really, and embezzlement has to do with fraudulently taking property of someone else, whether it's a person or a company. And typically, it involves misappropriation of money in this context that we're talking about, right? With a person and a company. So the allegations here, Nicole, what else happened? So she puts hundreds of thousands of dollars in personal expenses on the company credit card, including personal meals, groceries, flowers, etc. She reimbursed herself from petty cash account for personal items. Here are these ones. Louis Vuitton bags, iPhones, nice. and a dog sitter. Yeah. So again, let me know what link that is to apply for that job. Down. Yeah. And then she submitted false information to somehow get paid for vacation time. So I guess she had like 96 days worth or something similar to that of like vacation. What a payout. And she took said vacation, but then like submitted emails to say that she basically was working that entire time. So she got paid for those 96 days. Allegedly. Uh, Fine. Allegedly. We'll throw that in (laughs) if we have to. So then what happens? In October 2019... Just a couple months later, mm-hmm. Graham ends up suing De Niro. Yep. Now she's asking for $12 million from him, double what he's asking from her. So this is getting real messy real fast. And again, guys, he's going through the divorce proceedings still. So there's layers and layers and layers. And before we get into the claim, we want to say that Graham says that De Niro's lawsuit was retaliation because he knew she was going to sue him. So he wanted to strike first, right? Mm -hmm. This is what we talked about. She apparently had her lawyer contact his lawyer when she was quitting and gave him the heads up. But, you know, whatever. So he, he, she's also claiming that he made false documents to prevent her from taking action and to destroy her career. This is kind of what we're talking about, where she alleged that he was saying that he'd give her bad recommendations. It sounded like at least her account of things was he wanted to keep her Mm -hmm. and he was going to do whatever he needed to to keep her. 
Well, so she had some interesting claims here. I mean, so the first one's wage violations, including violation of um, certain equal pay laws. And that could really include anything from like failing to pay minimum wage to failing to pay overtime, which you could obviously see overtime happening. Yeah. Less so the minimum, minimum wage, which she was making $300,000. Yeah. I think we're good there. Or like failing to provide breaks. And so she, I mean, she claimed that she would normally work 11 hour days with no time to eat. And she wouldn't get overtime, so she's basically looking for, like, back pay and front pay. I wonder if she's counting, like, the Netflix as part of the 11-hour day. Also, okay, let me just say this. As two people who've worked in the law firm, when you hit a certain salary, there's no, like, overtime. Yeah, there's no overtime. Like, you just work when you're needed. Yeah. Like, nobody was paying us overtime when we were, like, sleeping under our desks on weekends. I would have loved that overtime pay, actually. Uh, Maybe she means, like, back when she was an assistant, but that's a long time ago. That's a good point. I don't know. I I really don't know. And, you know, again, this is all alleged, so we don't know if she's actually watching the netflix but yeah come on so what else is she claiming well so she's also alleging gender discrimination which is obviously straightforward like it's Got discrimination it. on the basis of her gender she's right. a female she's a woman um and so specifically she accuses him of years of gender discrimination and harassment years okay so do you know do you want to get into okay maybe. what that All looked right. like yeah. okay sure <laughs> handle years of discrimination so she accuses de niro of having an abusive workplace towards women and making unwanted physical contact she said that he called her names namely bitch and brat came up a lot um there was this leaked voicemail and by leaked we mean she posted it um from 2012 that kind of confirms this though i have to say right we don't have a lot of this evidence but there is this voicemail i did listen to it he calls her a spoiled brat says she's disrespecting him he's cussing her out for not answering his call Mm -hmm. apparently she was living in spain at the time so he was like i'm in la you get to live in spain it's not my fault you chose to live in spain i don't care what time zone you're in like you need to answer my calls i need this thing from you Mm -hmm. yeah it was like a big rant sweet um he also uh, sorry she also said that he continued to refer to her and treat her as an assistant even after she was promoted mm-hmm. um and demanded things from her that he'd never ask from his male employees she said that he'd ask her to scratch his back button his shirts do his laundry vacuum his apartment and even put away his undies mm. That's like in the, like she had to put away his underwear. That's disgusting. (laughs) Other inappropriate things. Apparently he would joke about Viagra in front of her. Uh, He made her wake him up and he peed while on the phone with her. All in the complaint. A lot of people pee while they're on the phone with their people. I don't know if that's discrimination or harassment. I got to tell you, 75% (laughs) of our phone calls together, I'm, I'm definitely peeing on the you know great thanks i mute you though but (laughs) it's definitely happening thanks for sparing Um, me that not to belittle these claims but you know some of these you're like okay yeah um and then one this is okay so allegedly he didn't do anything but apparently one of his friends slapped her butt Mm -hmm. while he was there and he didn't say anything so that we don't know that could possibly happen could have possibly not which is obviously inappropriate if somebody you know smacks you on your butt without your consent or you know that's it if without your consent somebody smacks you on your butt or touches you like it's inappropriate my only question would be there's no duty right for people to step in in those instances legally yeah yeah i mean you so like to include it in the in the case that was kind of weird to me because i was like that doesn't Mm. really fall in line with gender gender discrimination unless he would have done that for a male employee but not for her and it certainly doesn't fall into wage violations so when i was reading that it just felt like an odd um kind of allegation to add into what she's claiming yeah, I mean, I don't know. I do think that it definitely contributes to a hostile work environment, though. And it's all if she's tricky. already feeling like he doesn't have her back and he's already being disrespectful and, and discriminating on the basis of gender and she's already doing these vi- kind of like traditional gendered roles. Yeah. 
then this can definitely feel that is de- that's harassment for sure for sure it's I, definitely we obviously don't condone it and you know yeah. I don't think it's okay I just you know the legal side of me is like where does that fit into the court case but obviously like, I don't know every HR right law like law in violation so I will say like if you're in the office if you're in like the actual like you're at canal production for sure and you're mm-hmm. like doing a presentation that happens definitely violation mm-hmm. if you're hanging out socially maybe it's a little more gray area right, right. yeah well so in December 2019 um, Graham's lawyer base, basically asked New York courts to dismiss the complaint that was filed by Bobby D or to basically stay it, which means put a pause on it essentially mm-hmm. until a final judgment is rendered on her case. And so her point is that because he filed his as retaliation for her pending or coming lawsuit, she's basically saying De Niro's court, don't make a decision until mine is made because mine were really the claims that came first. Right. Um, but so basically, and the, the lawyer also, you know, acknowledges that the court may be unwilling to dismiss the suit. And so they basically say, if you can't dismiss, then he's asking the judge to strike the damages and the claims that relate to her alleged, um, binge watching because he's saying there's no case law or holding that watching TV during work gives a rise to liability, Yeah, which I think is complete shit. Okay. First of all, there's definitely time theft. Like mm-hmm, I feel like we learn, mm-hmm. everybody learns about that in their trainings now. Right. It also reminds me of naturally the office mm-hmm. when Dwight and Jim are like trying not to breathe and blink because it <laughs> takes time away takes from time. the work day. Like efficiency argument. So yeah. I don't know if this lawyer is amazing, but they're basically trying to get De Niro's case to be put on hold until hers gets decided yeah don't 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 argue that one hire us instead and the pettiness continues in january 2020 bobby's lawyers say graham sent an email in august 2019 saying that if her demands weren't met she'd have to write a memoir about him with personal information i mean she's the ultimate scammer i appreciate it So, I mean, that doesn't look good either, I right? A, I love a good threat. Like, the, the, all these allegations are just back and forth, and we don't know what's true or what's not, but mm-hmm. I got to believe that there are receipts. We just have to wait and see what happens with mm-hmm. these things, like mm-hmm. what's going to come up. And it's important to note that up till now, his team has refused to settle with her. Yep. He's like, no, this is wrong. We're going to go to trial. We're going to straighten this out. And the judge in Manhattan federal court said it's unlikely that Graham could prove gender discrimination under the equal pay law. So that was a blow to her camp. Apparently, she complained that she was making way less than his male personal trainer, which is a very different function. And that's what the judge got to basically said the jobs are not comparable. You're a vice president of a production company. He is literally his fitness trainer. I would also love to know what that trainer is making, that she's making substantially less at $300,000 a year. <laughs> like, clearly I picked the wrong career. I think we did. We need to go become <laughs> trainers. So where are things now? Well, so Graham, um, on her side of things, last month in April, uh, Bobby D and Graham had a court hearing where basically De Niro's lawyer said that he was ready to amend the suit and kind of answer some things that Graham had raised in her lawsuit and assert some counterclaims, which basically means that he's saying like, she said this, but, but here's what really happened. Okay. Um, and so he is claiming she doesn't have any facts or evidence backing up her arguments or that he filed the lawsuit as retaliation. But yeah. importantly, Graham's lawyer responded by saying that Bobby tried to get Graham to be criminally prosecuted. He took these allegations to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. But then apparently what happened is that DA reviewed the evidence and closed its invest- investigation. And in. D- they declined to bring any charges against her. Mm-hmm. Apparently this evidence, by the way, that came out 
included documents that showed Cannell had mischaracterized the way that Graham spent the inappropriate monies, mm -hmm. right? And so apparently there's proof that actually the things they're saying that she spent inappropriately were bona fide work expenditures. I think in one instance they named like the flowers were mm -hmm. actually for like work party events, right. for his birthday, for like different things. And they had the receipts. Yeah. So definitely a blow to his camp. It doesn't mean everything else is invalidated, but I want to say they actually interviewed Robert De Niro too, and they s dismissed it anyway. Yeah. Now, again, this is criminal. So, you know, the standard's a bit higher. So it doesn't mean that everything else is thrown out the right. window, but right. this is pretty big. Yeah, it's not, it's not great. So we'll see where things go there. Yeah. That's still pending though in the civil courts. And then we got got wifey we got wifey what's got going wifey. on with wifey grace so if you remember so basically bobby d and grace filed for divorce in 2018 and he's been paying temporary alimony while they filed the divorce so last month again in april he has a virtual hearing where bobby d's attorney basically told the judge that he, de niro's working at like an unsustainable pace to support his ex-wife um specifically with respect to her stella mccartney obsessions <laughs> and to pay off his back taxes and so Let's get into this just a little bit more. We got it. I was going to say, you need de I need details right now. Well, so he claims his finances are in trouble because of the pandemic, because, you know, people were working in the entertainment industry was, you know, right. shut down for a bit of time. Right. Um, and that he has a tax bill from 2018 to 2019 that's sitting near about $18 million. Oh, oh mm -hmm. $18 million? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and to give you guys an idea of this trouble, at a 2020 court hearing, right, because there's been a lot of hearings, his lawyer said, best case for Mr. De Niro, if everything starts to turn around this year, he is going to be lucky if he makes $7.5 this year. So that's how bad it is. Struggling. His own lawyer is saying... Truly a starving artist, if I've ever heard of one. Just doesn't really... I'm not really feeling sorry for him. <laughs> No. Right? I'm like, you still, that's at someone's best year? Mm -hmm. Seven and a half? Fine with me. Yeah, I'll take it. Well, so the lawyer also said that he's working six days a week for 12 hours a day. Um, and so I was reading some articles and people are basically hoping that that's the reason that he's been doing so many shitty projects recently. <laughs> and I have to say, Ouch. the past few have not been great. So no, they haven't. it really could be because he needs to pay back this tax bill. They haven't. I really tried to get through the Irishman. So long. It was so long. Apparently he got $5 million for that and it went straight to the taxes. <laughs> Wow. By the way, <laughs> the IRS was like, thank you. Bye-bye, bitch. I think the IRS was there first. They're right. like, Bobby, mm -mm. Bobby, don't. Bobby just got direct routed. It was like direct right. deposit to the IRS. Right, right. They just take it automatically. Bobby's like, wait. <laughs> um, and, and De Niro is claiming that Grace has dramatically increased her spending, right? Not only now, but actually before the end of the marriage. Because again, the judge is going to look at what the status quo is. So they're saying, hey, 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 before we divorce... This lady was like off a rocker. She started spending way too much. So we need to adjust that status quo. Mm -hmm. We need to lower it. They're claiming that she was spending $250,000 a month on credit cards. What do, I don't, what do you even buy at, wait, at that wait, rate? Okay, wait. Sorry. And also $160,000 in cash in mm -hmm. the same month. What do you need in cash versus credit card is my know. question. Wow. And I don't do math, but I'm putting the two together. That's a lot. <laughs> Like, that's a lot, The calculator right? says we're broke. Yeah, basically. Um, at one point, she allegedly, now back into like these post-divorce, she asked for an extra $350,000 extra for a week-long trip she was planning to take in the Bahamas. Maybe she bought an island while she was down there. Yeah, that sounds nice. 
was it the island that Billy McFarlane was trying to get by any chance? <laughs> Maybe she lost on that deal. That was a bad. That was a bad investment. Um, and in 2019 alone, they claimed that she spent approximately 1.6 million dollars. Mm-hmm. 1.6 million dollars. Apparently, 1.2 million of that was on a diamond. Her team denies it. Her team denies it. Yeah, well, I hope she's getting all of her wear out of that diamond if she has it, because I doubt it makes it out of this in her hands. Two million? It's crazy. Well, so her people is basically are still saying that he's worth five hundred million, okay. um, and that he's got plenty of money money to spare, and he's still living this lavish lifestyle, including taking private jets and helicopters that are estimated at about fifty thousand dollars a weekend, and he's allegedly spent four hundred fifty thousand dollars in a summer house rental, spent a million dollars on his adult children in 2019, 2020, which is also like let's be fair, your kids are not. like those are his children he's supposed to support them so like just because he gives yeah a million to his like what five children i I don't think it's comparable to like those are the kids from the other marriage by the way right it's not comparable grace right and so her lawyer has been saying that he's like basically unfairly decreasing um the payments to her and that he's lowered her monthly credit card limit from three hundred seventy five thousand dollars to just a hundred thousand dollars a month Mm-hmm. We should start a GoFundMe. Yeah. Poor thing. That's terrible. <laughs> wow. Um, so the judge is not buying Bobby's side of things, I think, because um, he ruled recently that Grace is going to receive a million dollars a year and that the couple has to sell their $20 million home, split the profit, right? This is akin, this is what we're talking about in their prenup. And De Niro has to buy her a new $6 million home. Mm. Um, so... In my head, I'm thinking back to that prenup and, you know, the terms of the prenup said she gets a million so long as he's making at least 15 million a year. So Mm -hmm. my thought is, you're not doing that that bad, dude. You're probably making at least 15 million. So he's making double the 7.5 million that the lawyer said he'd get on his best best. year. Yeah. So we did best best. Yeah. We did double best. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. The real winner here, though, I think is the judge, who is clearly sick of these two. Apparently, he's like begging them to just get divorced. He said there's nothing ordinary about these expenses for 99 point, there's a bunch of nines, like five nines, like he wrote this out. (laughs) He's mad. Of the world. These are extraordinary to almost unimaginable degree. I want to get these parties divorced. They're both going to come out of this richer than most human beings who walk this earth. There's no question about it. Yeah. End quote. Go you, judge. Go you go, Glenn go. Coco. Yeah, you go. Judge Cooper. I like him. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Well, so there was a lot going on, obviously. Bobby D's got a bit of a mess on his hands. The two he, women in his life. He's got a divorce with his twenty, his wife of 20 years and the mother of two of his children. Mm-hmm. At the same time, is bringing a, a lawsuit against his former assistant, who ended up being the VP mm-hmm. of his production company. My secret theory is that after the divorce proceedings got rolling, Bobby realized he needed some money to pay off Grace and the taxes, and so that was why he sued Graham. Oh, you think so? Mm-hmm. Can Graham, ha- she can't pay that up? Six million? He needs to go for another bad acting job, I think. I mean, yeah, if she was making $300,000 a year, she probably does not have $6 million to give yeah. to Robbie. Maybe he needs to do Meet the Parents 10. Oh, I forgot God. what it's called now. It's like Meet the Fockers, Meet the, I don't know. He needs to meet some other people. Yeah. Meet more people, De Niro. <laughs> meet more people. Meet the neighbors. <laughs> meet the neighbors. <laughs> meet somebody with at least $6 million. <laughs> Bill I Gates. think that's going to be the next. Oh, is that's a great idea. Bill? We should introduce them. Yeah. We should introduce Done. them after this. All right. So what's your unprofessional advice here? Um, okay. I have two. 
Oh, two? Yeah, I've got two this Coming time. Coming out with You're the teacher today. So if you're going to watch TV at work, I would highly recommend doing it from your phone so that they can't track <laughs> They can't track your watching hours. Um, and my second one would be that you actually need three judges for a good marriage. So you were close with the two, but you need that one more Bobby D. Yeah, that's Maybe fair. next time. That's fair. That's What's fair. your advice? I'm going to say if you are in the middle of a nasty divorce, mm-hmm. don't take private jets and helicopters to a local restaurant, you douchebag. <laughs> if you're trying to prove you're freaking poor, <laughs> hello. Um, and now I feel like I have to have a second one because you did a second one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I can think of one for the, uh, the VP. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say, say la vie. Why don't you watch a little Netflix with your assistant? You know what? Turned VP. Sorry to disrespect. Make it a bonding moment. Why don't you enjoy a little? You got a a nasty divorce going. Go fucking watch Shit's Creek. That shit's good. It's great That's my advice. All right. So thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Legally Judgy. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk as much as we love the sound of our own voices. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Also, feel free. Oh, my God. Wow. It's good thing it's the end of the episode. Also, feel free to connect with us on our <laughs> socials at Legally Judgy. Until next time. Bye. Bye.